0: Stand up and join us. We're so glad you're here. Let's worship together. God, we worship you. We're so glad that you're in this place. You inhabit the praises of your people. So we welcome you here. We worship your name. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could care? It was my two till I made you. be this morning. We thank you.
1: Yes, we thank you, God. You're so good. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We bless you this morning. Oh, thank you, God. We magnify you with everything that we have, and we turn our hearts to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're already in this place, and you're doing things.
2: From the north to south, and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Oh, magnified, were the whole earth echoing his eminence and his name. melody in every
1: magnified in our
2: lives. We exalt Thee, Lord. We exalt Thee. We exalt Thee in the highest.
3: Father, it is our heart to be before You as sons and daughters and as friends and family worship you and exalt you, Lord, because you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our offering of ourselves, Lord, and all that we are and all that we have. And so we come before you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We consecrate our hearts to you, our voices to you, our instruments to you, everything that we are, everything that we have, we set apart for your glory, for your honor, for your use. We bless you, Father. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you that you came in in the hearts of every person that walked in this room who knows you, who walks with you, who welcomes you into their life. And, Father, for those that are guests and those who maybe have not yet stepped over the line, Father, we bless them and welcome them into this fellowship, into this place, into this house, into this family. Lord, we love you. We honor you in all that we do here today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen and amen. You can be seated. Wonderful to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I am the lead pastor here at the bridge. And uh, my goodness, what an amazing morning we've already had this morning, not only in our worship just now, but in the first service as God's, God's on the move. Aslan is on the move, so to speak, if you're a fan. But uh, it's so great to have everybody. Thank you for being here. And we always want to just be thankful for you giving your time and you seeing the value in what we're doing here, enough to be here. So we welcome you into this place and just say thank you for giving your time to be with us. And for our online uh, family, thank you for being with us again. You're so faithful. You're so amazing. I looked over between services and so many of you from all over Minnesota, California, Denver... Everywhere, Dallas-Fort Worth, thanks for joining us. And if you are watching on Facebook, feel free to just jump in there. Let us know where you're from. I always go back over there. Those and It always reminds me to pray for you by name. In fact, speaking of prayer, if you're online watching and you have any prayer needs or prayer requests, we want to stand with you and pray for you. And if you'll look on the screen, you'll see uh, the infographic there, info at bridgefbg.com. Dot com. That's our general email address. You can email your prayer need, your prayer request. We have a team ready to go. We will pray for you, pray over that situation, and just stand with you, help you hold your arms up during these difficult times. And for those of you that are here, right here in the house, we welcome you as well. And if you have any prayer needs, all you have to do is stop by the Connect Center on the way out. That's that booth just on the left as you step out. The door's there and uh, fill out a prayer card, and you can put it in any of the black boxes you see around, or you can just give it to the person working there and serving there, and they'll take that, and we'll get that, and we'll stand with you, pray for you, and hold your arms up. And if you are a first-time guest, we want to welcome you to the bridge. Same online. We're thrilled that you're here. And if you are here, we welcome our first-time guest with a hand clap. So can we just clap for our (laughs) first-time guest, say thanks for being here? So Wendy has a bag here. She's showing you what this is. This is just a gift bag that we have for you, and all you need to do is stop by the Connect Center on your way out, fill out a Connect card. We'll get that to you. It's got all kinds of goodies in there. I'm not going to tell you to give it all away, but there's some good stuff in there, so feel free. Actually, I will give away one because it's my favorite. <gasps> I don't have it. It's the ChapStick. I might have to take that one. Anyway, it's amazing. It's, it's It says the bridge on it, but it's amazing stuff. It's the best stuff I've found. So anyway, it's a little, little uh, what do they call that uh, Giveaway there. Spoiler alert. So thanks for being here. Do stop by and fill out a card. We appreciate it. So if you're here with us, we also want to always be mindful that Jesus, in quoting the the scripture, quoting the prophet who was quoting God, you see the chain there, said that my house should be called a house of what? prayer. So we want to take a moment to pray. If you have your VIP card, I want to invite you to get that out. If you don't have one, on your way out, feel free to stop by the Connect Center. Pick one up. They're just laying there. You can grab one. And all it is, it's very important people. That's the idea, is we want to be in prayer for people that God has imprinted on our heart. Because there are people that that are on your heart because God put them there. It's because you love them, know them, and you want to You want to encourage them. And so on one side, we're praying for people to reconnect. There's seven blanks there. You can fill that in with those that you want to pray for as a reminder. And then on the other side, we're praying for those who don't yet know Jesus Christ as Savior and ultimately as the Lord of their life. And so we want to pray for them as well. I've also put government entities on here and all kinds of stuff. So it's not just people. It can even be organizations or whatnot. But we want to take a moment to pray for that. But before we do... Included in that same prayer, is we want to pray for our church of the week. We pray for all of our churches here in Fredericksburg and the surrounding area because we're in this thing together. We're on the same team. We're moving the ball down the field together. And what's beautiful about Fredericksburg is that we really are arm in arm with the other churches and the pastors. There is no competition in the kingdom of God, period, period. And so we're here to lift them up and hold them up. Man, one of my favorite human beings, Pastor Bubba Stahl, his precious wife, Beth, at First Baptist Church. He's killing it over there, doing a great job. We want to hold them up, pray for them. And if you've never met Bubba, then well, if you've met him, you'd know you met him. He's just, Bubba's a character, and we love Pastor Bubba. He's such a great addition to our community. Moved over here from Bernie, relocated here to take that church a number of years ago, and we're blessed to walk with them. So we want to pray for them and always want to pray for our nation and continue to hold up the leaders of our nation as Scripture commands us to do. So would you pray with me? Jesus, we pray for these on our VIP cards. You have written them on our heart. We were just taking what's on our heart and putting them on our card just as a reminder. But they're precious to you, every one of them. And all their connections and the people that they connect to are precious to you. And so we want to pause and pray for these on our card, for those who need to just simply reconnect and, and get back in the game, so to speak. Lord, we hold them up. For those who have never stepped over the line, we pray. We pray, Lord. And if, if you don't use us, that's fine. Use somebody. Bring people into their path and orchestrate conversations about Jesus that they can come to know him in a saving way. Father, we lift up Pastor Bubba and Beth Stahl, We're so thankful for them. They're such a beautiful addition to our community. And they're just great humans. They're great people. And we love them and hold them up. We love First Baptist Church. We hold that church up, fill that church to full and overflowing, Lord. I pray for your grace and your release over them to bless them. And Father, for our nation, we're a nation in crisis. We need your help. Even more than your help, Lord, we need you. We need the person of Jesus in the middle of it all. And so we pray for our leaders, pray for our nation, and ask you, God, to order our steps and delight in the details of our nation. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. This is where I feel like a Southwest steward, where I point out our exits and all this stuff. We should do a video on that and do that. But our exits are right over there just for safety's sake. We always like to let everybody know. They're marked over there. We also have exit outside that big door over there that you can see that I'm pointing to. And then behind the production booth, there's another exit there. So we appreciate our safety team, and they ask us to do that for all of our sakes. Also, by way of announcement, we have a great thing going on. Our student ministry, our youth group, Catalyst, they are going to summer camp uh, in July, mid-July. And we're doing fundraisers right now. Many of you have been faithful. I want to say thank you. Thank you for sowing over and above your tithe and offering to bless them, and we've sponsored several, quite a few students right now. We've got a few more to go, but we want to continue to do that. Today is an opportunity. So here's the thing. If you had lunch plans that were not, that didn't include us, could you mind canceling that real quick? Just get on your phone, delete, cancel, whatever. But uh, what we're going to do, we're going to host, and we already have everything going back there, if you smelled smell wafting through the halls out there. And what we're doing is massive baked potatoes, all kinds of toppings and barbecue and all that. So we're making takeout to go. Uh, our students are all doing that right now, making takeout to go meals. And uh, it's for donation only. And here's the deal, and Pastor Jason, I appreciate his hardness. He said, if somebody can't pay for it, it's okay. Or if you don't have a checkbook and you can't donate today, that's fine. Do it later. But we want everybody to take food. So do not leave our staff 70 meals to eat this week. (laughs) We need it all gone. Trust me on that. So uh, Because we will eat it, but we want you to take it. So literally take it. Even if you can't today, bring it by later or get it to us next week or whatever. That's fine or not at all. That's fine. But we want you to give and just do as as the Lord leads. So we want to bless you. Two ways to do it. In the family room, there'll be a station set up, and all you have to do, on your way out, instead of going out the door, just turn right, go in there. They'll bless you with the meals, get as many as you need, take them with you. And then uh, for those of you who want to drive around or you want to get out in the parking lot, we're doing a drive around as well. So you can go around the back of the building, over here on the left side. And at the back of the building, there'll be a station for pickup there. Students, and young people ready to hand you the food you need to be a blessing to you. So anyway, so that's happening today, so don't run off without getting that. And then also, I'm just super excited about this as well. On Wednesday, May 5th, we'll continue to announce this at 6.30 p.m. Right here, front and center, we're going to be doing a night of worship. And uh, this is one of my favorite things that we get to do. We turn it up one louder, and we just have a blast. I mean, it's a great time to worship and really just enjoy the presence of God because we're a church that's learning what it means to host His presence. And so this is just a part of our process of growth. So we want to invite you all. This is a great time to invite people it doesn't matter if they go to other churches. We're not trying to get them here. We just want, there are a lot of people who go to churches that do traditional music and this is the opportunity for them to enjoy a a broader span of worship. So if that would be a blessing to your friends or whatever, feel free to invite people. I'll just soon pack this place out, which we usually do on these, and just have a great time together. So come and celebrate Jesus with us on Wednesday, May 5th. Amen? Now I want to participate in communion and one of my favorite things that we do, if you're new here and... Maybe you didn't know if it's okay for you to take communion here. We want to offer something to you. We want to offer communion. We have open communion here at the bridge. We're not going to hold anybody back from Jesus' table. Who are we to do that, right? But all we do is ask is that you come with an open heart. An open and examined heart. That's it. So if you didn't pick up one of these, we have them coming. There's, uh, there's Amy and Jason back there. They're going to make their way up the aisle. If you'll lift up your hand, we'll get a cup to you so that you'll have the elements. Those of you watching online, go get your elements real quick. You got a moment? And uh, whatever you've got there will do and, and participate with us. So they're coming down the aisle. Just raise your hands. Now, for those of you who already have them, this will help. Go ahead and peel the top clear layer first. Don't take it all the way off, just almost. There we go. And then you can do the gold layer, trust me, and just don't go all the way off either. That way you've got it all together. So as they come down the aisle, feel free to participate. We want everybody to be involved. If you would, just take out the little wafer there. When Jesus was with his disciples, and it was on the night before he was betrayed, so we're leading up to the last week of his earthly life as the Son of Man. And this is going to be a major transition where he is going to go to the cross and for you and me bear the sins of the world. But he's also, make it personal, he's bearing my sin. Mine, not just the world. Sometimes when we talk in those terms, it's kind of esoteric. It's my sin. In fact, once you say that out loud with your mouth, just say my sin. You almost feel the weight of that, can't you? He's going to the cross to bear our sin, so he's sitting with his disciples, and almost in a Kodak type moment, he takes a snapshot of the moment. The word is koinonia, and it means fellowship in, in Koine Greek, and it, it means the familial type of fellowship. It's like a it's a closeness, it's camaraderie, and in that case, it was a brotherhood. And they'd spent three years in all kinds of adventures. In fact, during the message in just a little bit, we're going to show a video clip from The Chosen. You're going to see a snapshot of one of those adventures that they were there for. They got to witness and see when Jesus did something amazing. He did a lot of amazing things, and they were there for him. So you can imagine when they gathered together at at mealtime how amazing it was because they were recounting the stories of what had been done. Can you imagine those meals? And so as Jesus is there knowing what's about to happen, He takes a moment and he says this. When you're together like this, I want you to remember me. When you come together like this, like what? In koinonia, in fellowship, I want you to remember. And that's why we do communion. And I like doing it every week. Because it's every week that I can press pause on the drama of life just for a moment and remember Jesus and partake, partake with him. It's called union in Christ. So he picked up a piece of of bread, probably matzah bread, unleavened bread. He held it before him. He said, this is my body given for you. Now, in the black church, there's a tradition. They use the word broken. It's really given, but he wasn't broken. But they use it because they'll take the wafer. And I know this because I pastored a multicultural church for 10 years in in Abilene. And every time I would say this, all, all the black folk in our church would snap the cracker. Just as a reminder, you can almost feel the gravity of it. He said, this is my body given for you. Then he took up a, a cup, and you can see it there on the screen. and It was a common cup, and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. And it will be for the remission, the removal of many sin, many sins. And this is what he did for you and me, family not just the sins of the world, it's so easy to get lost in that, but for you and for me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that Jesus was willing to go to a cross and give his life. No one took it. He gave it. He laid it down for me, for us. And he was willing to spill his blood on that same cross to literally bear the sins of the world. So much so that he cried out in agony, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our heart bursts to even think that Jesus cried those words out. And just before that, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So thank you. And we remember, in Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. You can take the elements. And if you would help us, my dad taught me when we used to go hiking in Ruidoso, New Mexico a lot, pack it in, pack it out. So if you would take those with you. We've moved our rows a little closer together so we can't get in there to collect all your... So if you'll just take that out with you, that will help us out in the aftermath. We want to pray for our children as they get ready to go to their Bridge Kids classes. And we so appreciate our teachers, our leaders, our helpers in there. And can we pray for them right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our children. Lift up the next generation. Thank you for our teachers, our leaders, and those who week in and week out pour life, grace, and hope into them. And destiny. Father, would you protect and cover their destiny? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Can we bless our children with a hand clap as they go? As they make their way to their class, we also want to participate in worship in our giving and generosity. If you'll notice, there's boxes on all, at all the doorposts there around. And the way we do it, we don't pass the plate anymore. Uh, the pandemic, COVID helped us out with that, and I kind of like this better, honestly. And so uh, what we do is during, we're going to worship together. And as we worship together, if you came prepared to give your offering, you can go to any of the black boxes there and put it in there. And would you do us a favor and bless it as you do it? Just bless it. Now, there's different ways to give. You can see that on the screen. Uh, the Church Center app is a great help for you. we would encourage you to download that, not just for giving, but for groups, for events, how to access the website. It's kind of all things Bridge Church on the Church Center app, so feel free to download that. Now, I want to show you my favorite part here, and this is all the ministries that we are blessed to support. You can see them from Mexico to Africa, all over the world, people being touched. We're actually supporting and partnering with the Chosen TV series. You're going to see a video from that, and uh, we've been able to meet Dallas and all the people, Dallas Jenkins and those that are doing that, Justin Overlander. We got to spend some time with them, and I'm telling you guys, this is the next Jesus film for the world. And so I uh, want to encourage you to, to definitely pick that up and watch it. So get your eyes on those, and I'll, let's pray for those ministers that we're blessed to support. And before I say that, I have to say thank you for your consistent giving. You continue to blow our minds because this is a generous place. You're generous people, and thank you. May God bless you. your your resources, your energy, your passion, because you love him and you show it through your giving. Thank you for that. So would we stand to our feet, and we're going to pray, and then as we worship, you can give. Father, in Jesus' name, what a privilege, what a blessing to be able to give and to sow. We honor you in it. It is our privilege to be givers. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's worship.
1: God, you're so good. We call you good. Even way back to the fall of man, God, in the Garden of Eden, you had a plan of redemption. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Way back when, God, you had a plan to bring us back into your presence. This is why we call you good today, Father.
2: It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am.
3: Father, you are good. No matter what is going on in our lives, you're a good, good father. And we honor you even in this offering of this song. And we offer it to you, Lord. We love you. Lord, would you open our eyes that we may see as we turn our attention to your word? Would you open our ears that we may hear, our hearts that we may know the truth that sets us free? I trust you in that. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen Amen and amen. You can be seated. Turn your attention to the screen. I was a young follower of Jesus, brand new in the faith. I remember going to different people and I would say, Can you help me find a good place to start? And it may be that you're at a place in your life where you thought, you know, I don't really want to go through the Bible or I want to read the Bible, but you're just stumped on where to start. It's kind of like I remember writing essays back in junior high, and they said, first of all, you need a thesis sentence. And then you spent six days trying to think of one sentence that captured the thought of the whole thing. The hard part was getting started. Once you had your sentence, you were off to the races. It's the same way sometimes in reading the scripture. If you don't know where to start, where to go, you can just spin like a deer in a headlight, just stuck. And so I went to different people, and you know, you ask 10 people that same question, you'll get 100 opinions, right? So I asked, and, but it kept coming back to, read the Sermon on the Mount, the words of Jesus. I remember somebody saying, Read the red, pray for the power. That's not a bad, bad thing there. So I, I started in Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Started there, and I remember opening it up in my 1611 authorized King James Version Bible. Come on, somebody. The problem is, being from the panhandle of Texas, I didn't speak Elizabethan English, <laughs> nor could I read Elizabethan English. So here I was, this you know, young person 19 years of age, hungry for God's word, thirsty, diving in and think, thinking, "These thous and I just can't, you know, thou wilt." And it just none of it made sense. It, it sounded like, a, like an old Monty Python movie or something. I couldn't get it. So, so I went and bought a new American Standard Bible, and all of a sudden things blew up for me. It was amazing. I, it, was, it was in English I could understand. And I dove into the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. But the first thing I ran upon were these things called Beatitudes. And I'm like, what is that? Now listen, we didn't have the internet back then. I'm just saying, that's how old I am. There was no World Wide Web or anything like that. So you couldn't just look something up. And so I just kept going. And for years... People talk about the Beatitudes, and I understood they were those first few verses in Matthew 5. The blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. But I never understood what the word meant for years. And there's strong possibilities some of you are sitting here and go, yeah, I don't know either. So let's open it up. Let's look at what it says. Now, mind you, just to give you a little context, a little framework, Jesus, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Well, what's the mount? Well, it's actually a ridge I don't know if you know this or not, but the Sea of Galilee is actually down in a bowl. And it's actually an inland lake. It's large. And all around it are hills. And it's actually beautiful. It's up in the northern part of Israel. It's beautiful up there. And Jesus grew up in that area. And when Jesus would escape to his secret place, or later what he called the wilderness, it was actually this ridge, this place on the lake that he would go to. So when you read in the scripture that Jesus would go to barren places or go away to be alone, or it was usually this place, this ridge, it became his special place. And now, growing up, did any of y'all have a special place that you would sneak off to? Might have been a tree house. For me, when we lived in Lubbock, we had a house with a basement. And under the stairwell in the basement, there was this, this open area under there and literally, you could barely get through it to get in there, and it had a little tiny door on it. Somebody had just thrown a door on there for storage, and it became my place. I put a hanging light in there. I wrote, oh, to only go back and photograph some of the stuff I wrote. I wrote stuff all over, like, you know, Jimmy plus Abby. You know, I mean, I wrote all kinds of stuff all over those walls that are probably a part of my own history I would love to go back to that place, crawl under there if I could get under there and get out, and actually photograph that, but that was my secret place. That was the place I went to to be alone, to get away, to think. Jesus had a secret place too. He had a place that he went on, and it was this ridge, and when it was time for him to preach the Sermon on the Mount, which took up three chapters of Matthew's Gospel, He went to that place, which was one of his favorite places. Now, we had the privilege of being there, standing on that ridge, and I can see why Jesus was inspired. A lot of us think in terms of, you know, Israel being all desert and craggy rocks and, you know, a little tiny, you know, Jordan River running through there. But actually, in the northern kingdom, it's stunning. It's beautiful. It's fertile. And there are actually now resorts all around the lake of Galilee. It's a beautiful place. He was inspired in that place. No wonder he went there to meet with God. So you could look over the lake and see all around the hillside, the birds of the air. You ever wonder why he talks so much about nature in his messages? It's because he saw it. It was right there in front of him. God's beauty on display, and he was inspired. So it was from that place that he gathered with his disciples. He had just begun rising in popularity. People began to know who he was and note who he was and wanted to know more about him. And so he begins this message like this. In fact, I want you to look. If you have your Bible, you can go there. It's Matthew chapter 5. We'll start in verse 1. And let me give you the meaning of beatitude just in case. It's the word. It comes from a Latin word, and it means blessedness. That's why they start, blessed are you. But it's more than that because even the word blessedness doesn't necessarily click with us today. And the phrase blessed are implies, I love this, a current state of happiness or well-being. Did you even catch that? A current state. In other words, it's now. Blessed are you right now. Not someday. He was calling them blessed before the promises were fulfilled in the Beatitudes. They were already blessed. And you'll see why in just a moment. So blessed, that means a current state of happiness or well-being or joy or life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. It was typical of a rabbi to teach in a sitting position. They didn't have a pulpit. They actually would sit, and people would come around them as they sat, and they would teach in that position. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, now, here they go. So he starts with the Beatitudes. I like saying the B attitudes. It's an attitude of how you should be, not just an attitude of what you should do. So look what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You can go back through our last few weeks on our website and pick up all of these messages as we unpack them. Five, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And remember, we talked about meek. Meek does not equal weak. Meek is power and strength under control. See, Jesus could have called down a legion of 10,000 angels and thumped everybody off the planet while he was on the cross, but he didn't. Was he weak? No, he was meek. Strength under control and under, and under power under control. Now, today we're going to talk about this one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst... For righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, when you look at a beatitude like this, first of all, hunger and thirst we get, all right. And I'm not talking about by me talking about baked potatoes and barbecue. You know, where your pulse rate goes up a little bit, your BP goes up a little bit. You you, you get a little saliva release in your mouth. Those are all physiological. Things that happen when you talk about food and you actually begin to get hungry, even if you weren't, if somebody talks about it. That's why commercials so craft their products to get you to want to go there and have their burger or whatever. We understand that, but the word righteousness is a whole other level because we throw it around as though we all understand it, but the truth is most of us really don't. I'm convinced that if we understood what righteousness was and if we were to step into the place of receiving what Jesus has given us, we would be smack dab in the biggest revival on the planet if we understood. So I'm hoping the shoe will drop for somebody today as we unpack this a little bit. Now, talk a little bit about hunger and thirst. Understand this. Do you remember in the Psalms, number 42, when it says this, as a deer... As a deer pants or longs for the water brook, so my soul longs for you, O God. Remember that? It's beautiful. We wrote songs about it. It's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. But what we don't understand is it's talking about thirsting after the water brook. Jesus uses the alliteration, hunger and thirst. But let me tell you what thirsty looks like. The way they would actually take a deer down back then, by the way, they didn't have a 22, 250. They didn't have a 30-06. I mean, they didn't have anything that we have. So what they would do, they would bring their whole village together. And they would circle up around a herd, and they would begin to beat implements to make noise. And then they would begin to close the circle out in the wild. And what was happen? these deer would start running everywhere. A lot of them would get away. Most of them would. But usually there was one that got caught. And you know the old saying, like a deer in the headlights? You know, it just freezes, and it would freeze up. But then as it heard all these people moving toward it, it would freak out. And it would start running, running, running. It would run this way, and there would be somebody there beating something. It would run this way. It would be somebody yelling. And it would freak out. It would go, 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 go until literally it almost dropped dead from thirst. They would run it ragged as the circle closed. And then by the time the circle closed in on that deer, in the Old King James Version, a heart, H-A-R-T, it's a type of deer, that deer was practically, they could manhandle it. And they would take care of it. The picture of thirsting for righteousness is exactly the same as Psalm 42. That means there should be something in us that is so after his heart and so after what he has done for us and what he has for us and what he affords to us, that you're literally like this deer that's dropping, dropping out of desperation. I don't see a lot of desperation for Jesus these days. Not like that. Hunger. Well, hunger's a different thing. But it's along the same line. Are we hungry for God? I've said this for years. Nothing moves the hand of God like spiritual hunger. And when you get in an atmosphere where there's hunger for God, God shows up. God's attracted to spiritual hunger. And where there's hunger, let me tell you something. God will be in the middle of it, right, Tommy? He will be in the middle of it. Whether it's in Pakistan, on a Zoom meeting, or wherever, he will be in the middle of it. Listen to this out of 2 Corinthians 5.21. This might help you with righteousness. For our sake, this is Paul speaking, it won't be on the screen. For our sake, he made him to be sin. God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin. Remember, he was without sin. So that in Him, in Christ, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Here's what's beautiful about that verse. We're told right here that what Jesus did on the cross, subsequently in His resurrection, was He actually produced in us a righteousness that we cannot produce ourselves. What does righteousness mean? It means the ability to stand upright, it's the ability to. To stand. It's the state of him. It's the state of a person who is as he ought to be. In other words, as you were created to be, when you understand righteousness, you understand Jesus has made you to be righteous, and you receive that. You embrace it. And me, I'm like Carol Burnett on, Carol Burnett on Harvey Korman. I'm like grabbing the leg. You're not getting away. I hit some in that generation. Some of you know what I just said. Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. But I'm telling you, grab on and not let go. And I'm saying, this is mine because of what Jesus did for me. What we celebrated in communion is a recognition of what Jesus did, not only on the cross, but in his life and subsequently in his resurrection. See, I don't live toward the cross anymore. I live out of the resurrection, the resurrection life. It's a resurrection reality. Now listen to this. You can, see the, you can see the definition. It's the condition of one who is acceptable to God. So let me just say it this way. I want everybody to look at me real quick. It doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you thought yesterday. It doesn't matter how badly you think you failed. It doesn't matter what happened 25 years ago. If you are in Christ, you've given your life to him. You've stepped over the line. You've gone all in with him. I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm just saying you've accepted what Jesus has done for you. He makes you to be righteous. That means you now can stand before him. In the book of Hebrews, it says this. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Notice that the grace, the throne that God sits on... Is a throne made entirely of what? Grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace. You know what he's saying? You're not coming crawling on all fours. You're not cowering. You're you're not giving up 75 Hail Marys and then you're acceptable. You're literally walking into his presence upright. Another picture of righteousness. Remember those clowns we had growing up? You'd blow them up. They had sand in the bottom, and you'd punch them, and they'd come back. And then in 15 minutes, they'd get a hole in them, and you'd have to tape the hole. We've all been there, right? They never lasted. But while they worked for a little bit, they were fun, right? You would hit it, and what happened? It popped right back up. That's a picture of righteousness. So think about in terms of if I'm righteous, it doesn't mean I've got it all together and I'm all that in a bag of chips. It simply means this. Jesus has made me able to stand. And I can take a punch and come right back up. I can take a hit and come right back up. Righteous. He says, come boldly. That word means to come audaciously. It means to come with confidence. Before the throne he sits on made entirely of grace. And when you do that, he says, this is what you'll find. Mercy and help and grace in your time of need. He doesn't say come cowering. Boy, we're the best at beating ourselves up, aren't we? Somebody give me a whip or a flog and I'll just do the work for you. And the devil won't even mess with me. He's like, oh, Jimmy's got this. He's beating the snot out of himself. He doesn't even need me right now because we're so good at it. We beat ourselves up. The sad part is, is we get ourselves in alignment with the voices in our head that tell us we'll never measure up, we're not good enough, we're going to fail again, and oh, no, here we go again. All those voices, oops, you did it again. All of those voices in our head, we find ourselves getting into agreement with them. You know what we're doing there? We're making a covenant with those voices, an agreement. And you know what we do? When we make an agreement, we actually empower the lies that those voices are speaking to us. Here's the good news. Because you've been made to be the righteousness of God, all you have to do is remember that. All you have to do is recall that. All you have to do is state it. Wait a minute. I'm not that dirtbag. I'm not too stupid to live. I'm not what the mirror says. I'm not what the voices say. I am a son of God. I have been made to be a child of God. He is my Abba, Father. Whereby I cry out, Abba, Father, thank you. You're so good to me. In fact, Lord, according to your word. And here's what you do. You break the agreement. In the name of Jesus, I break every agreement that I've made with those voices in my head, with those echoes from the past. That's not who I am. That may be who I was, but it's not who I am in Christ. I am no longer defined by my mistakes. I'm no longer defined by my past. I'm no longer defined by my failures. I'm a child of the Most High God. And because of that, I can stand upright. Even when I blew it, even when I missed it, swing and a miss, my gosh, you just whiffed that one, Jimmy. What do you do about it? You go before God. say, God, I'm here. I'm here confidently because I know you won't turn me away because you love me and you've already declared me righteous. Even when I was blowing it, you declared me righteous. So I come before you as a sign, stand in your presence, and I receive your grace. I receive mercy. I receive help. Listen, family, every one of you can do that today and walk out of here 50 pounds lighter than you walked in. It's the right kind of diet. I'm just saying you can drop the weight of sin easily and walk out of here a different person. Why? Because you line yourself up with what God says about you. You are righteous. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Boldly. What we've been doing is we've been tagging these amazing beatitudes. We've been tagging the acts of Jesus to them. Scenes about what snippets from Jesus' life. The woman caught in adultery or the the woman with the issue of blood. or We're tagging and we're finding when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples... All these, all these beatitudes have corresponding moments in Scripture where we see them played out and demonstrated. We're going to see one such scene right now. So I want you to turn your attention to the screen. Let's watch this together. This is from The Chosen. Jesus of Nazareth.
0: I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope. Put it back, man! You are willing, Rabbi. I know you can do this. me if you are willing rabbi you know you can
1: Hey, I'm talking to you by whom do you teach certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth where did you study
4: your
2: faith is beautiful
4: son take heart your sins are forgiven Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins
3: Exactly what he did. He picked up his mat and he went home. We say so many epic moments where Jesus showed up, God showed up, and then they went home. He said, You go home, you go back to where you live, back to where you work, back to where you play. And you shine out what you just received. You release what you just received. I love that scene, and I'm gonna ask you. To let what you just saw inform you with your sanctified imagination. The story as we read it from the scripture. Luke chapter 5. I just call this through the roof. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. That's a lot of people. His fame had gotten out. And now people are coming to hear this teacher because he teaches like none we've ever heard before. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, Your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law, that would be the Pharisees and Sadducees, said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And you know what? They were right. Only God could. Verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your heart? In your hearts, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, someone say immediately out loud. Man, I'm telling you, I love the suddenlies and immediatelys in the scripture, don't you? And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things. You have to understand something. When Jesus made that statement, your sins are forgiven, that is the moment that the Pharisees It marked him for death because by saying that, see, they would have been just fine or at least they would have been able to handle if he just healed the guy. If all he did was say, rise and walk, take up your bed, go home, it would have been a great miracle. People would have clapped and cheered, but it wouldn't have meant a death sentence for him. But the fact that he equated himself and made himself equal to God because only God is able to forgive sins, we just read that, because he did that, see, it wasn't the healing that bothered him. It was the fact that he said, I forgive you. Your sins are forgiven. At that point, he was marked for execution. And it was just a matter of time before it happened, did it not? See, it's one thing because we can get so caught up in the physical healing of somebody. And thank God for physical healing. Amen? Many of you have experienced a miracle. Many of you have experienced a move of God in your life. And that's amazing. But let me tell you what the bigger miracle is. Tell you what the biggest thing. When Jesus said, you're going to see greater things than these, I think he meant more along this line. And it is this. It's when you understand that Jesus has made you to be the righteousness of God. That you can stand before a holy God with all of your junk, all of your Samsonite that you brought with you, all the trash of your life, all the scars, all the open wounds and the bleeding, and you can come before a holy God and he says, get in here, boy. Come on in here. Come right. I've got you. That's the bigger miracle than getting a leg to grow back. Again, we celebrate everything, right? Man, however God wants to move, yay God. But I'm telling you, when I get excited is when somebody gets the revelation. They are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And their life changes. Their trajectory changes. Talk about an event. Talk about a moment. Man. We watched a disaster film last night, and they talked about an extinction event. I love disaster films. I don't know why. But in the middle, they kept using this word. This is an extinction event. Life as we know it on earth is about to change. Let me tell you something. When God shows up, it's an extinction event of sin in your life. And he removes it as far as the east is from the west. I don't know about you, but that's pretty far. That's a long way. Just consider the United States, right? Los Angeles to Atlanta. That's a long way. You can't see that far. In other words, it's out of sight. And wouldn't it be beautiful if it wasn't just out of sight, but if it was out of mind? So when the enemy comes back to you and tries to bring it to mind, you need to put that not only out of sight, but out of mind. And say, you know what? That's not who I am because... Jesus has made me to be righteous. I can now stand up. Family, brother, sister, friend, guest, whoever you are, you do not have to cower before a God who loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. He's saying, Come on, my yoke is easy, my burden is life. Now, life may not be easy and it may not be light. But he says, My burden is easy and my yoke is light. In other words, let me help you with that. Let me come alongside you. Did you know what the very word for Holy Spirit in John chapter 14 is parakletos? And it means this the one called alongside to help. That's why it's translated helper in many of your translations. He's the one who comes alongside to help, to bear. To take the load off. That's what he wants to do for you today. I want our worship team to come on up. If you guys don't don't be distracted. They're going to be putting instruments on, getting ready. We're going to go out with worship today. As they're coming, though, and as we land in worship, I just want to issue a gentle invitation to you. First of all, with my background being Southern Baptist, normally here... I'd have you bow your heads, close your eyes. We'd sing nine stanzas of Just As I Am. That's my history. That's my heritage, and I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for my heritage. But I decided not to be limited by it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask you, all eyes open, every head look, everyone looking around, every head up, and I'm going to ask you to say yes to Jesus wherever you find yourself in life right now wherever you find yourself in life right now, whatever is going on, you may have walked in with 7 million pounds of sin burden on you. You can walk out free. Free. Freedom means so much to me. I had it tattooed on my arm. Free indeed, John 8, 36, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Why did I put that on my arm? I didn't put it on there so you could read it. I put it on there so I could read it. And go wait a minute. The moment the enemy tries to accuse me, I go wait a minute. Whoa 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 wait. According to God's word, sometimes you got to have it right in front of you. Whatever it takes. The other one is to and it's when Jesus was on the cross and He said, "It is finished." Another way translated it is "paid in full." Put those two together. Ooh, that's a one-two punch. I'm inviting you to say yes to Jesus. I'm not going to lead you in a fancy prayer. We're not even going to do the Roman road or a formula or anything. Because I think that the work that God's doing is already done in many of your hearts. But this is a moment where you can give a little voice to it. You can give a nod to it. You can lean toward it. And so I'm going to invite you to do that. Every eye open. Everyone looking around. I'm going to invite you right now. In your heart, just say yes to Jesus. Just say yes, Jesus, right where you are. Yes, Lord. You don't have to know what that means or what that's going to look like. I was talking to one of our elders a week or two ago. We were down here. And I said, you know, I, I, normally I would have opened the altar up and had people come down. we pray for them. And we both sit, agreed that the decision's already made by the time somebody gets down here. It can be a little intimidating to walk in front of a crowd of people. So right where you're sitting, would you just say, yes, Lord? Even if you're a follower of Jesus, it's probably a good time to say yes again, right? Just say, Lord, whatever. I've always said the three W's, whatever, whenever, wherever. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now that you've said yes, Lord, would you stand to your feet? We're going to go out with worship. I'm going to pray in just a minute. And during that time, that might be a time for you to just say, I'm in. I'm all in. After we're done with this song, if you want to tell somebody about that, we invite you to come down. We'll all be down here hanging out. And you just feel free to come. And just say, I did it. I said yes. I stepped over the line. No explanation needed. We'll just cheer you on. Way to go. At a boy, at a girl, we're with you. We're in this thing together. It may just be a step today. It may just be a baby step today. That's a good step. It's a good step. Would you bow your heads now and close your eyes? That give me time to put my guitar on. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful for your grace, and you make us righteous. You justify us, just if I'd never sinned. Thank you for that, God. We welcome your grace, and we say yes, Lord, to whatever it is you want to do and need to do in our lives. We yield, and we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Let's worship big going out.
4: this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to sing right to him right now. Come on, lift your voices. You are my deliverer, the freedom I'm living in, yeah. You are my deliverer, you are my... Let's raise the room, come on. You are my deliverer, yeah. That's what he is. You are my deliverer, you are my promise. Man, we're going to join you, come on. Deliverer, the of Put your hands together now. You are my deliverer.
3: Father, we love you and honor you, and Lord, we say yes to you, yes to you. We receive your righteousness, we receive the fullness of who you are, we receive the fact that we can come boldly, audaciously, and with confidence before your throne. Thank you for that kind of love. We bless you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Don't forget to pick up food on the way out. We love you, God bless you.